The 20th century began with great confidence, great confidence and reason. The world began to believe we were entering into a new phase of world history, a golden age. By the use of reason via philosophy and technology, we would arrive at last, finally, to this golden age, this utopia. Unfortunately, those hopes were dashed by two great wars, drought and disease. And there's no greater irony in the 20th century than the work of Fritz Haber, a Jewish-German chemist whose synthesis of ammonia, the key component of the fertilizers that drove the 20th century's green revolution and earned him the Nobel Peace Prize for Chemistry in 1918. He had discovered bread from heaven. We can now feed the overgrowing population of the world as the world was growing in population. We had bread from heaven. Utopia was around the corner. But then World War I, and Fritz turned his green revolution into mustard gas. He created death from the air and earned the title war criminal. What brought life now brought death. But the irony doesn't end in World War I, for his, his gas was the gas responsible for killing millions of his own people during the Holocaust. Unfortunately, the irony is lost on so many, for utopianism isn't going away anytime soon with the likes of communism, fascism, and anarchism. And sadly, we got Christian versions of the saying, where there's no, neutri no neutrality in taking every, ca every thought captive. We are going to transform society into the great Christendom of old, the golden age of Christendom. All that is left is to do it. Let's get busy. And then we have to name the capital. I'm thinking the capital is either going to be Branson, Missouri, uh, Grant, Branson, Missouri, where else? Uh, I was going to say Grand Forks, not Grand Forks. Moscow, Idaho. Yes, there we go. Uh, it's going to be Branson, Missouri, Salt Lake City, or Moscow, Idaho. Um, or if you're celebrating on the left, it's probably going to be San Francisco, Portland, or somewhere upstate New York. My money's on upstate New York. In the age of utopianism from Plato to Descartes, we need Kohelet. When we begin to think we are working for food that doesn't perish, we need Kohelet. When we think we are laying up for ourselves treasures on earth where moss and rust cannot destroy, where thieves cannot break in and steal, we need Kohelet. Kohelet's the preacher in Ecclesiastes. When we think we can all be saved by pithy sloganeering, make America great again, we need Kohelet. Kohelet's not only read Genesis 3, but he's also ruminated on it. So he's suspicious of any so-called wisdom that leads to your best life now. And we need this suspicion today, especially this November when it's time to vote again before we think our vote really, truly, truly matters in the grand scheme of things. We need Kohelet. We need Ecclesiastes. So beginning in chapter 1, verse 12, we read, I, the preacher, that's Kohelet, the Hebrew word for preacher there, Kohelet, I, the preacher, have been king over Israel and Jerusalem. We finally hear Kohelet for the first time, his own voice. I, the preacher, and it's the voice of a king. I have been king in Israel. 
And in, and in typical ancient royal propaganda, he says, and I applied my heart to seek and to search out wisdom, all that is done under heaven. And as all ancient kings were highly successful over their predecessors, so too Kohelet, verse 16, he says, I said in my heart, I have acquired great wisdom, surpassing all, all who were over Jerusalem before me. Now, Kohelet here, in the language and style of his own day, he seeks to destroy the wisdom of his day. Kohelet achieved great success, surpassing all others before him. Nevertheless, what did he gain? Nothing. The wisdom tradition commands the pursuit of knowledge, and he pursued it with gusto. He had every privilege known to men. Nevertheless, he says he gained nothing. In the end, according to Kohelet, even kings are impotent. So much for the golden age, and so much for thinking your vote is the most important vote ever, especially this season. This voting season will be the most important vote you'll ever have your entire life long. Of course, you'll hear that every voting season, and you realize none of the votes truly, truly, truly matter in the grand scheme of things. It's all vanity. We are still in all is vanity. All is vanity. Last week, we learned in verses 1 through 11 that even work is vanity. All is vanity. Your work is vanity. What advantage do you gain from work? What do you get when you work? And you say, I get paid. And then I ask, then what? Then you say, oh, I pay taxes. And then what? Oh, I pay bills. And then what? Oh, I get to buy me some stuff. I get some things. Then what? I save for retirement. Then what? What is the purpose of it all? What reason and point? What's the point to it all? We want our lives to count. We want our long, hard days and years to amount to something, but in the end, none of it matters. Eventually, your memory will fade into nothingness. You will be forgotten completely, as if you never even existed. What is the point of it all? And this week, we learn that even reason, with its knowledge of science and art, is likewise vanity. It's all vanity. The pursuit of the cultural mandate, be fruitful and multiply, multiply, proves all to be in vain. Not in vain in the sense of common grace. We still get to work and we still get to enjoy the labors, the fruits of our labors. We still get to be married and, and enjoy our families. The cultural mandate is a blessing from God. The cultural mandate produces industry, agriculture, and art, but also mustard gas for the wars and the rumors of more. To come. The cultural mandate is cursed. So in pain you shall bring forth children. Marriage will be subjected to, to tyranny. He shall rule over you. Childbearing and marriage, it's all cursed, even the ground. Cursed is the ground because of you. And the result of it all in the end, the result of it all is in this world you will face tribulation. The result of all that we have from the Lord is in this world, you will face tribulation. You cannot work your way out of it. You cannot work your way out of this sad world. You cannot work your way into eternal life. And sadly, you cannot reason your way to eternal life. That's the main idea of my text. That's the main idea of the sermon this evening. You cannot reason 
your way to eternal life. You cannot reason your way out of this sad world. This world is cursed. So Kohelet writes, I, the preacher, have been king over Israel and Jerusalem, and I applied my heart. I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. In the Old Testament, the heart is the center of the human person. Kohelet is saying, I gave everything, heart, soul, mind, and strength to pursuit of wisdom. I gave my entire life to find the answer to the most important question of all. What's the most important question of all? What is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of life? And he sought his wisdom differently from the Proverbs. The Proverbs begins with the fear of the Lord. The first principle for wisdom in the Proverbs, he's seeking wisdom by fear of the Lord, but not Kohelet. He says, I, I've applied my heart to seek. I have sought The center of Kohelet's quest will be his own consciousness as manifested in observation, reason, and experience. And the eye there doesn't mean he's given up on God. No, it means he's seeking wisdom from God's creation. God gave him creation. He's seeking wisdom from creation. I have applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. The phrase under heaven means creation. I've sought all that God has given me. God has given man his creation Kohelet used God's creation to find the meaning of life, which proved to be an unhappy business. He says, it's an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. And it's unhappiness because the game is rigged. The business is rigged. The game is rigged. Verse 14, he says, I have seen everything everything that is done under the sun. And behold, all is vanity and striving after the wind. Trying to find the meaning of life in cultural pursuits is like trying to get a hold of the wind. There's meaning there. You can see the wind and know there is meaning. You can see there's meaning in your labor. You know your labor has meaning. You know your families and raising families has meanings. You know having good health has meaning. There's meaning in wisdom. There's meaning in reason. There's meaning in creation, only it can't be grasped. You can't grasp the meaning of it all. You can't grasp the meaning of creation in creation. Trying to find the meaning of life in creation is like looking to Biden for coherence. You want the leader of the free world to make sense. But the light is faded. Trying to find meaning in creation is like shaking hands with ghosts. It's not there. Verse 15, what is crooked cannot be made straight and what is lacking cannot be counted. Kohelet introduces a proverb to reinforce the curse. This world is crooked by design. While it is true that instructions may straighten the crooked and bend the straight, we need the proverbs. We want the proverbs. Yet in the end, some things, some things are just too crooked to be straightened. You cannot straighten out the world in all its perversity and disorder. You cannot reason your way out of this sad world. What is not there cannot be counted. There is no golden age. There's just wars and rumors of more to come. Kohelet says, verse 16, I said in my heart, I have acquired acquired great wisdom, surpassing all who were over me, over Jerusalem before me, and my heart has had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And in verse 17, and I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this also is but a striving after the wind. 
his superiority over his predecessors turns out to be a farce. With all the time and resources, with no stone left unturned, he found nothing but a final proverb. Verse 18, for in much wisdom is much vexation. And he who increases knowledge increases sorrows. It was the belief in the ancient world that wisdom came by pain. And by struggling in this world, you would gain wisdom. So by pain, one could find life. It was a mean to an end, utopia. But Kohelet crushes this proverb. For he says, pain and misery are the very results of wisdom itself. The more one knows, the worse off he is. You cannot reason your way out of this sad world. All you can find by reason is misery. In this world, you will have tribulation. So we have to live with the thorns, the thistles, the pain and sweat of it all. And God will not bring salvation through creation either by, by your work or your reason. There is no escape from under the sun, so we must lift our eyes up to another. Heidelberg actually assumes Kohelet's denial of the golden age. Uh, question 52, you want, you can follow me there. I'm just going to run to question 52. Question 52 of Heidelberg asks, how does Christ return to judge the living and the dead comfort you? And the answer is, in all my distress and persecution. We call that awe utopianism. Awe is a, is a negative. There is no utopianism. It's simply distress and persecution. Want to become a Christian? Here's what I have to offer you. Distress, persecution. In this life, you will have tribulation. But in the life to come, Heidelberg says, so with uplifted head, I confidently await the very judge who has already offered himself to the judgment of God in my place and remove the whole curse from me. Jesus Christ stood beneath the sun for us and proclaimed there is no golden age when he said, in this world you will have tribulation. And then he was crucified for not triumphing in his entry into Jerusalem. He was crucified, dead, buried. In three days he rose again from the dead. And he rose again from the dead so that he could say this in truth. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And now to the King, eternally mortal and visible, be glory now and forevermore. Amen. At Covenant Reformed Church in Missoula, Montana, we sincerely believe God's Word and faithfully teach it. We invite you to worship with us on Sundays. For more information, please visit MissoulaURC.com. That's MissoulaURC.com.